0: Oh, hi, how are you?
1: How <laughs> are you good. doing? What's going on? Oh, you know, just like still being a homeless ski bum. Nice. Yeah, you're I'm still unhoused. Loving every minute of it.
0: Episode 587 today. Yeah, yes. what's it like being a ski bum?
1: It's fun. It's, uh, I'm kind of kicking myself because guess what I missed last night? Freaking hmm. trivia night! Where? At the ski play? At like the one of the like little like bars or like a just like right. It's at like the, an ongoing thing. The yeah, like every Monday night. And oh I I w- went in for breakfast and I saw the sign on the wall that said like trivia every Monday at six thirty. I was like. Troom. I miss trivia? Do you have to have, like, a team, though, or what? It seems like... Oh, I would play solo. I would even show up halfway through the game, and I'd be, like, fine. I just, like, I'm here to play. I don't even need to win. Oh, who is she?
0: I didn't even... I thought that it always had to be a team with these things. Is that false?
1: I mean, what if you had no friends?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's why I thought maybe they assigned teams when you get there or something like they divvy people oh, that up. would be awful right, i don't want to put right. trivia with strangers no no thank you
1: i don't want to talk to strangers
0: i thought maybe trivia would that would rank higher though in your pr- priorities so like you would even work with
1: strangers if it meant oh. you could
0: participate
1: yeah. You know, And now that you say Maybe. that, probably, I probably, I might, you know, <laughs> I would definitely, it would definitely be reason to sit at a, like if I were at trivia night and like the only spot available were one of those communal tables. Okay. I'll do it. Wow. Any other day of the week? No, nah, I'm good. I'll go somewhere else. You're really living on the edge out in the world, going to restaurants and stuff. <laughs> <sighs> You know, but now that you say that, I haven't dined indoors anywhere. Oh. I'm trying to think of... What about that
0: breakfast? Are you sitting on the slopes?
1: No, I got it I got it to go. Oh. <laughs> okay. I was like, boy, alfresco. Yeah. No, no, no. Shiver I got me timbers. And then the place... And yeah, I've been eating outside. Gosh. What the heck's yeah. the temperature there? Oh, my God, Sue's. One day it was negative 14. Well, that is a cold food cold experience. in than a witch's titty. No joke. Oh, my God. Was, but that was just the morning. That was like the morning. That was actually the morning that I went on my little snowboarding date.
0: Are you telling me that's not the wind chill?
1: No, that's that was just the, the air temperature. temperature. That is insane. That was, the, that was my, my car read. I took a picture of it. I think I, the picture I got said negative 13, but at one point it was negative 14. That is ungodly. But, I know, but most of the time it's about 30, like between like 20 and 30 degrees. Right. Okay. That's tolerable. And you know what? I'm, I'm learning. I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, that's fine. The 20s and 30s, they're fine. It's when you get down to that
1: zero and below, you're in real trouble. I did have the hair freeze situation. Oh, right. That was that that. So now I'm like, okay, can't go out with the... Well, yeah, because your hair is the- like always
0: wet. If you wash it, it takes like three days to dry. <laughs> yeah, no joke.
1: What's <laughs> the deal with that? Right. So, yeah, it's just yeah cold. I, I got to stay inside where it's toasty just because of my hair. Yeah, but right. It's it, those are not terrible problems to have. We'll no. just say that.
0: Well, I'm sorry you missed trivia. At any rate, you would have won, and it would have felt I real know. good.
1: Look at you're so supportive. Yeah, they. I and yeah, I mean, I know that. And then one of the guys that I was talking to on the Bumble app, <laughs> he's a trivia host, and I was like, oh my What god. if it was him? Oh,
0: oh my, my god! god. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Wait, are you guys still talking, or did that run its course? It kind of ran its course. Okay, yeah, because I feel like that's just too much trivia. It's too much. It's too much. Too trivial. Right.
1: You don't want two trivia hosts.
0: And then you'd be competing. It would be like with you and your ex when you played Scrabble and he threw the board.
1: Oh my god. God. (laughs) What is wrong with what? Are men okay? Right. What? I don't get it. But I'm not sure.
0: maybe Sometimes. if you're both super into trivia it can lead to real
1: problems down the road. Yeah. I was talking to one guy who was like a ski instructor and then I was like, do you think this will work cuz I'm a snowboarder. And then that <laughs> kind of fizzled out too. Oh my god. <laughs> and maybe. I was like, I actually think that's a thing.
0: Well, <laughs> when you when these things run their course, is it usually you sort of just losing interest or is it mutual or them?
1: Well, most of the time it's that like, you know, you can only, I only have so many free nights, you know, I yeah. got to like, like, and you, gotta you be know picky. what I, yeah, I got to be picky. And like, also I don't have like the energy to be like dating, like a whole bunch of people. Like I, you know, I got to like get a date here and there, but most of the time it's just like, we're talking or exchanging messages and then schedules get busy. And like, it goes, radio yeah, silent. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get to that. We're hanging out yet part.
0: Well, um, in the land of COVID, do you mm-hmm. guys test beforehand? Is there even any discussion oh my God. about that? <laughs>
1: oh my God. No, no, I'm very sympathetic
0: about people that are, have to date and then have to worry about yeah. that kind of thing. But
1: I, uh, you know what yeah. I, to be honest, I, it's kind of been crossing like your fingers, a, sort of yeah. uh, now that you mention it, like, you know, it's, it's. I'm not judging. I, I was just curious. No, I, I'm. Th- I'm trying to think of like it's so new that I almost haven't even taken the time to like come up with come a plan. Up, <laughs> come up with a plan. You need a system, you
2: know?
1: right? I'm like, you know, you focus on other kinds of protection. And things yeah,
0: like right. That. Right. Safe sex is more involved now. Yeah, it really is. Do you ever huh. think about who named? STDs because they did not do us any favors. What do you mean, like the actual acronym STD? No, like the names of them, like herpes, oh, like, gonorrhea. Uh, I, I don't even like saying them. Did you ever see that tweet that said gonorrhea would have been a great name for a diarrhea medicine? <laughs> <laughs> <it's> gonorrhea! Such- <laughs>
1: Good that's touch. genius. Okay, see, now that's just missed opportunity there. I know. I'm
0: mad. Whenever I get C tweets like that, I'm like, "Damn mm. it." Gosh.
1: Yeah. That's hilarious. That's a really good one. Oh, that tickles me. Okay,
0: but wait, you know how they're all like really gross names, like Herpes, Gonorrhea, Oh, oh. Chlamydia. <laughs> that might be the worst one. They all sound just
1: as bad as they are. Which, yeah, maybe that's it.
0: <laughs> Maybe they they wanted everyone like they don't to be want, certain. Like what
1: I'm trying to think are like what diseases have like a lovely sounding name? They all sound do, and question. I think, I think do fever. they sound terrifying because we know that they're diseases or are you know which came first, chicken or the egg? Kind of
0: thing. Mm, like if somebody served you a, bi- <laughs> a big bowl <laughs> of a big bowl of herpes, uh, you, you would not think. Mmm. No. <laughs> sounds delicious.
1: No. No, no, but no.
0: It's hard to know. Ugh.
1: It is hard to know. It's all
0: internalized.
1: Oh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, that the, you know. These are good questions. <laughs> Thank to ask. you. Thank you. And, and sometimes it's fun to like just ponder these kind of things. <laughs> you know, this. I'll I'll kick off I'll kick off some some facts, some info. You know, s- since I, I didn't get to play trivia, yeah, learned uh, things on the side. Okay. This is like just a little a uh, uh, fact I learned, but maybe we can explore what this may mean. So pareidolia, that's the seeing faces in inanimate oh, yeah, objects. Yeah. Uh, people see inanimate faces as male rather than female. <laughs> no. Yes. And I mean, this mm. is across the board and it was throughout all the a, a different, it was like different ages, genders, uh, you know, different society, different places. Everything was interesting. Was te- tested. Susie. Yeah. Can we just like, the the, the implication, like what that
0: says. Well, yeah, because when we spoke about this last time, the theory had been, mm-hmm. that I read, was that babies need to be able to recognize like... Who's going to uh, feed them? But you would uh, think that would make it more uh, the mom.
1: Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. You would think.
0: Yeah. So do my you think it's, sense... Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Let me hear your theory. Sarah's got a theory. <laughs> Is that... It's because we've made males the default.
0: Yeah, the default human. That's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, okay. I am currently staying at a place where... I have shared walls. It's like an apartment kind of complex, like uh, here. Well, you know, uh, it's kind of like a hotel. I am, I want to scream so loud.
2: Right, I, right now?
1: I, I, yes. <laughs> I am trying so hard to contain myself and just be like, I'm so angry. Keep it dialed down because I can hear the people next door. And they're going to be like, I'm going to get a knock on the door. Like, ma'am, what yeah. is going on? I'm just going to be like, I'm just mad at the patriarchy. <laughs> Maybe what will calm you down is
0: talking about your favorite comfy and stylish footwear, Rothy's.
1: (gasps) You know I love some Rothy's. Mm -hmm. Mm. I
0: love them. They are perfect for every occasion because they have so many different styles and colors. And as you all know, my favorite
1: part is that they're washable. You know what I'm thinking? This is what, if you're getting married and you're having bridesmaids, just make this the footwear. Yeah, Because you, you can't wear the dresses again. Come on, really. Nobody's going to wear those things mm-hmm. again. But you can wear those shoes again.
0: Yeah. Get those, um, the point ones that you have. The yes, red ones. I, that's
1: what I'm thinking. And how cute yeah. would it be if they were colored? like multi? Like you can have them like the colors that match the... Oh, come on. Very like, cute. Adorable. They're
0: great for everything. Like if you're just going to work and you want to be comfortable and still look nice. Or they have casual ones that you can wear all year long to any occasion um they are very comfortable they are very uh stylish but it's great that they last so long because you can clean them up and make them smell nice again by washing them they're made of um recycled plastic so they're sustainable and you can hit the new year in stride with a fresh pair of rothys new customers get twenty dollars off your first purchase at rothys.com slash brain candy that's r-o-t-h-y-s dot com slash brain candy See, don't you feel better now? Yes, <laughs> always. Is it.
1: that not, nothing like comfortable footwear to put me in a good mood? <laughs> That's so true. It's but very true.
0: Yeah, I would like to. So my other yeah th- less maddening theory would be just because there's no hair.
1: Well, they did things to even change the color and almost make it like. Like prime people mm. to almost see it as a woman too, like maybe see, change it to like a pink color,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or make it a change an express, like change it to an expression yeah. that was maybe more um, associated with like a female expression. And they no did look. those things, and it says there is a strong bias to perceive illusionary faces as male rather than female, even when neutral option is available. Damn. Even when a neutral option <laughs> right. is available, right? So they said, like, "Hey, we don't even what is say this? nuts. it's nothing, or I don't know. It's nope, that's a man. Get out of here."
0: Yeah, I'll give you. I the, mean, no. I was trying to think of times when I've seen faces and objects and whether I thought they were male. And the exception for me and why I thought maybe the hair was the problem is, oh. um, you know those like kitchen utensils that. You used to get spaghetti out. They're like kind of like a spoon, yes, but yes, they yes, have yes, like yes, prongs.
1: Yes, I totally know.
0: Okay, so like we would as kids like look at it from the front and be like, "Oh, look, she's she's like so happy, whatever." And then you turn it around and it looks like her hair is blowing backwards. Yes. And so I thought she was a girl.
1: Oh. Okay. Can you well. can you think of examples? Um, where do you so see these faces? I. I see that I kind of, ble- I don't know. When I wake up in the morning and I'm like groggily, like walking to to the bathroom and I like go, like, you know, do my yeah, thing. And yeah. and I am like, you guys don't need a description of that. <laughs> Stop, Sarah. <laughs> um, and sometimes <laughs> said I much. stare at like a tile floor or like a floor yeah, that's yeah, yeah. like yeah. Mm-hmm. got a pattern in it. And if I just relax my eyes, I hope this isn't a sign that I'm like, I don't know, cuckoo crazy or something. Mm-hmm. But- if I, if I, if I'm just in that like half awake, half asleep place, my eyes will find faces and things. And I see it like, I just kind of let myself, you know, if I'm staring at the clouds, I think I more often than most people look for things in clouds. And so when you said, Oh, give me an example. And my mind was like, Oh yeah. The last time you were like staring at the clouds and like, what animal do you see? Or what mm-hmm. thing do you see? Yeah. I do that all the time. That's nice. And then I think maybe other adults don't do that. <laughs> do they?
0: <laughs> I don't think most adults are in a position to be doing that.
1: What? that's not true. So it's really true. great.
0: No. Why? Because, like, all you have to do is be outside. But usually when people are pondering what the clouds look like, aren't they laying down, kind of relaxing in the nature? Like, oh, on a sometime, piece of grass? Sometimes
1: I do it when I'm driving. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Safety first, Sarah. Well, Jesus know, Christ. Terrible. Like Not like, although like I'm staring off into the distance, this might be an ADHD symptom. Right.
0: <laughs> I guess I've never really done it in any situation besides when I'm just sitting outside.
1: Yeah. Or like, I guess now I'm on the chairlift a lot. I do it when I'm on the chairlift. That sounds really nice. I'm always like, oh, look
0: at that. And you tend to oh, see faces and they're men. And then well, they talk I think to you now. I, get out
1: of here. <laughs> they give me messages. I think when, but when they're almost, I would, I want to say gender neutral, but maybe if I had to choose, mm. they would be men. Yeah. When I think about that, like, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll put this article. Cause they gave, they show some examples in the article and they, when you look at them, they do kind of look like men. I, I don't know. know why though. Mm. And neither does this article, apparently.
0: Do you think that it might be because whenever we see kind of drawings, cartoony drawings of ladies, they tend to do like, you know, big eyelashes. And like there's more signaling. Yes. And the man is just basic.
1: Yes. I I do kind of think that's what it is. Because one of the things that was mentioned in this article, you know, because it's a hot topic right now, is the green M&M.
0: Oh yeah, what is everyone worked up about? Oh, f- because they
1: this is this is this is ugh. <laughs> yeah. I love when you glitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is what these companies do, which is so fucking stupid. They're like, "Oh no, we're not going to work on like the pay gap. Instead, no, right. we're going to like make the green M&M where loafers or like mm-hmm. sneakers instead of her sexy boots we're basically taking away the sex appeal from the green m&m but what what i think we're uh, that's I, I am very anti i say keep green m&m slutty <laughs> that's my position <laughs> that's great green that's m&m is a, a thought and just let her be one
0: keep green i'm writing this down yeah m&m slutty yeah great, i would
1: agree with that i love it but We they, need what we nother, What we really need is another female M give us another is color. Is there only one lady? Yes, because it's the fucking oh, Smurfette principle, sake. and that's what they don't understand. That's the problem. Instead, they're trying to like take away the femininity of the greed M and M to say, "Oh, she could be other things." She could no. What you're doing is you're giving us one example, and now she has to be sporty and sexy. Now no. you're just giving us these these. Uh, who can live up to that? No, I
0: agree. That is terrible. Yes. I'm pissed at that. I, I can't mean, believe I'm, there's I'm only one lady. I'm appropriately
1: upset. It's the Smurfette principle. Yeah. This is always the situation.
0: Dang. I really, I don't think there's anything wrong with performing femininity, whether you're a Not. woman or a, an M&M. And <laughs> I think they should give her some fucking friends.
1: Mm-hmm. For yeah Pete's like sake. it's too fucking hard for eminem to make another color so instead we have to rebrand i mean i'm angry but hey you know what i know you can make other colors because you do it for every holiday and every season how come you can't just throw a light green in there throw a light blue in there and just like make or, her turn give one her one some of those other ones. and to
0: turn one of those men me, like make make it a trans yes. a trans
1: woman eminem yes have her that transition. yellow one i mean yeah. you would look great in heels absolutely Boy, they don't listen to us, though. That's for sure. They for sure don't. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, well, all right. That's I'm what mad I'm mad about, about, about. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? That's not the only thing I'm mad about. Get ready, because I got a little bit of a list today. Oh, not man. like a whole a huge list. But once okay. again, I'm mad at, um, well, Elon Musk and just like general bil- like billionaires. You know, those guys, I, how I yes. like don't. Who does like them? Um, <laughs> but I'm mad at SpaceX because... These motherfuckers are crashing a rocket into the moon mm-hmm. and they're going to create a huge crater. Really? Yeah. Wow. A crater just... that's 20 meters wide.
0: And everyone's okay with this? <sighs> Aren't the intergalactic no. police on the case or something? You know, I feel like the Space Force, I feel whatever, like whatever it he is. He probably
1: has like, he's probably like uh, uh, in cahoots with the intergalactic police. Come on. Right. He pays them off. Yeah, for sure. It's like (laughs) intergalactic mafia stuff. Yeah, right. I'm sure. Uh, So, yeah. So space. How big is it going to be? 20 meters across. That's a big crater. Yeah. So uh, this is one of those things where at first you read it and like. Oh, my God. I
0: just thought of another one. Man in the
1: moon. uh, Yes. Uh, Yes.
0: That is a great example, Susie. Because I was like, oh, no, the crater's going to make it so it's not a face. And wh- who is that face? A man. Oh, look at you. Oh, my God. You're right. Oh, my God. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
1: No, that was the best interruption ever <laughs> because we're connecting dots over here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Our new favorite thing. This bread cu- this, These are breadcrumbs. This is a trail That's of right. breadcrumbs. It just, Follow I mean, along, everybody. Mm-hmm. Come on, people. Come on. Um, Okay, so yeah, so so they're crashing this. So this is one of those stories that uh, the problem <sighs> there's really no good solution here. So people are saying like the there's a, a people like me who read it and are outraged, like oh my god, you're putting a crater in the moon, yeah. and you know you're gonna mess up the man moon face. And then <laughs> there are other scientists who say or I don't know what they are, I'm going to just call them scientists for lack of a better word, uh, who say, well, this is better than having it be space junk that's floating around our like, mm, okay. outer counterpoint. orbit. counterpoint, I like it. Right, but here's the biggest problem, is not that it's creating the crater. This is the crazy part that, well, it's, I think is kind of cool, actually. Um, the biggest worry is that, by people who are like, you know, NASA scientists and people who like, you know what they're talking about. Not just like me who reads an article and is like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Is that there will be biological contaminants left on the moon that somebody else or future generations will find and confuse as life on the moon. Oh. Yeah.
0: Okay, I thought you were going to say it would be like the smallpox blankets that we genocided. Oh, uh,
1: but maybe I don't because, know. What yeah, if, what if I've seen a COVID bunch of those on the moon movies? for
0: later? Oh my
1: god! That okay. Those were <laughs> I'm telling you, fucking. There's crazy stuff out there, and <laughs> like there, the all those all those sci-fi movies where there's like a little. You know, they, they, they're out in space and there's nice, like a little biological something that they find and then they mix it with a little bit. I don't know. They always get the bright idea to mix it with a little bit of our DNA and that never goes well. And then the next thing you know, this thing is like attacking everybody on the spaceship. And then, oh, my God, those are – what movie was that? It was so good. Anyway, stellar? <laughs> For sure. I'm not kidding, Susie. The other night I was like, I want to watch a movie. And I could not stop laughing because I was like – you should watch Interstellar. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why it was so funny to me.
0: See, it's the joke oh. that keeps on being funny. So It really is. You, you can never it watch go. it. Well, but yeah, so I'm kind of mad at them. sounds sci-fi but isn't, it's it's not fi at all, is um, modern fertility. It's just sci, oh. not fi.
1: The future is here. The future is-, is here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And.
0: Not only is it super convenient to now know what's going on in your ovaries and all your womb, but it's also way more affordable. So you just take this little test, send it back to them, and they tell you about your fertility and any red flags going on in there and give you a sense of, like, what's your what's going on with your eggs. And then you can make informed choices. I love it. And it's great just... To be able to handle it in the privacy of your own home, too. I'm always glad to not have to go into the doctor.
1: Me, too.
0: And that's why Modern Fertility was created. It's just an easy way to get... The scoop on your fertility, and they have a deal right now. Modern Fertility is offering our listeners twenty dollars off the test when you go to modernfertility.com dot com slash brain candy. That means your test will cost one hundred and thirty nine dollars instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get twenty dollars off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility dot com slash brain candy. Modernfertility dot com slash brain candy.
1: Yes. I mean, you got your results right, and I got. Oh mine. yeah, it's great. It was great. Yeah. I love it. Oh, and you know what it did is it put my mind at ease. Like all this stuff, it is so good to have the information and just know. Yeah, it's very empowering. I agree. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, here's the things that I need to look at. Here's the things I need to get checked later. Here, you know, and it was like, just do it and then forget about it. Lickety split. Lickety, lickety split. Okay. I wonder where that term came from. Because <laughs> right. that sounds dirty. <laughs> right.
0: It sounds
1: oh, like lickety, the old- you're split. Sounds like something the old green M&M would be really into. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, those are those are the people I'm mad at. Um, yeah. Well, so you say putting holes in there's space. no solution, though. It's just like... Yeah. He's going to well, fly into this the moon is, the end. This is... It... it I'm, I'm... What I'm happy about is learning about... Well, okay. I shouldn't say happy. I'm never happy when I learn about new problems we have because it's like, oh, great. One more thing to be worried about, but... Um, this is what keeps me up at night, but I am glad that we're having a conversation about space junk. You know, it's like, we've got it. We're, we're kind of like, do, We're doing a lot. Of, there's damage that's going on Big and people. Are, yeah. Mm-hmm. So wh- what they do is parts of the, and okay, I'm saying this, like, this is my very, rudimentary knowledge of the, like we're simplifying it here. Yeah. Like, space people out there, don't be like... Space people. Eh, don't at me. Um, or do, whatever. I don't care. Uh, so they ter- they when the parts of the spaceship break off, you know, and they'd like, like other parts, they like t- break off into parts. Mm-hmm. You've seen this, yes? see yes. I'm, I'm terrible at explaining I this. I have. Yeah. <laughs> they direct the junk whatever's left back towards earth and it burns up Mm -hmm. on orbit Mm -hmm. and then when it does burn up it releases all 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 that stuff burns up but if you've ever burned anything it doesn't just like doesn't disappear disappear like there's stuff left over and the stuff that's left over is really fucking bad yeah like Think about stuff that goes into space and can survive that. Like the kind of... like ugh. So that's all kind of coming back into our atmosphere. Well,
0: and there's so- been instances that we've talked about on the show where they've been in the uh, space... What's it called? This command center thingy? Space station. Uh-huh. And you know, there've been kind of emergencies because there's this piece of junk and it's got, yes. you know, it could hit the space stations. They have to go into that emergency pod. Oh my that, God. It's a whole thing. Oh. They have a whole protocol to deal with friggin' space junk.
1: Space junk. That's like, how
0: much of their, that there is. Yeah.
1: What are we, it's, I don't know. Who knows, man, what are we going to do? <laughs> I, know, I say, so I depressing. say like, it's my job to solve it. Like, that's the thing. A lot
0: of what concerns me on a daily basis, I am pretty powerless to solve.
1: Yeah, this is when I like because these kind of things do freak me out. Like I, mm-hmm. I get like I start to get panicky about it, and then I have to remind myself, okay, what is within your control? I'm t- the, if if you're a worrier, people out there, and you know, like. A lot of us are. And there are a lot of things to worry about these days. It is one of the most helpful tools that I've ever used. And I mean, you really have to do this. Because this is how your brain works. Uh, It needs like to go through every single motion in this. You get two jars. they could be whatever you want. Tupperware containers, boxes, mason jars, I think look the cutest, but that's just me. And on one, you write things in my control. And on the other, you write things out of my control. And then you put a post-it note, like a little pad, sticky notepad, whatever they're called, in each jar. And a pen in each jar to make it super easy. And then every time you have one of those thoughts, you write it down. And you have to write it down. And you have to really act on, like, the first initial thought. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do about space junk? I would write down, what are we going to do about space junk? And then put it in the things that are out of my control jar. When you... I don't know how that works. Maybe somebody who knows more about the brain than me can explain that one. But when your brain sees a jar of stuff, like it goes, oh, that thing that I I was thinking, that's out of my control and with all these other things. And then it sees the things that are within its control and it looks at that jar and it's like manageable and it only has like a few things in it. It provides this kind of like, ah, Okay let's do this. Mm-hmm. That is so helpful.
0: Right. So then we you feel motivated rather than powerless.
1: Yes. And it, it, I, I encourage people to try these things, to just like prove me wrong. Like let's put it into action. It's so simple to do. And it, when we can go in and kind of like hack our brain and trick it, since it's tricking us all the time,
0: yeah, like with those faces. Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh God! How do I do that? How do I? Mm-hmm. Man, we we'll to you put you that in the figuring jar. Figuring out the man in the moon thing—that <laughs> makes perfect sense. But there so, are so many examples, and
0: all oh. the things though in that um, out of your control jar, yeah. many of them somebody can control, and that's yes. why it gets so maddening when those people oh. choose not to. Oh. It's so yeah. infuriating.
1: It is. <sighs>
0: How do you work on those feelings? <laughs> right. Because then you've got to add to the jar, I can't control Elon Musk.
1: I can't control Elon Musk. You know, Musk. or
0: whoever it is.
1: Right. I can't control oh. Jeff Bezos. I can't control Bezos. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, the, the, the countdown is on for when my amazon subscription runs out and okay. they are really trying to get me to sign up. No, what are up. they doing i just get emails all the time it's of like, like "Here is alert how many days are yes totally <laughs> you're gonna lose this and this and this i'm like mm. and then some people some people wrote to me and said that i'm not it's not doing any like this is wasted efforts or whatever. Why? Why I, did they say because that? Because a lot of small businesses are on Amazon. Why is that your problem? Did an Amazon bot write that? Right. Is <laughs> right. that a message that I got from an Amazon Jeff? robot? Is that you? Jeff, is that you? <laughs> did Jeff Bezos write this letter?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that the, they're they're providing a piece of information that actually, to me solidifies your argument because the reason that small businesses Uh, are on there is because it's ubiquitous and and monopolistic and there's someone, hello, legislators need to intervene. And we do it all the time. And there's all kinds of antitrust laws that Jeff Bezos broke to get in the position that he's in because he followed the ask for forgiveness, not permission. And then it was too late. It was already done. What are you going to do? And so the only people that could do anything at this point are our legislators.
1: Preach it, sister. Look I mean,
0: at that. It's yes, true. Susie. And like we have to work on, you can cancel your prime membership right. and all that, but the true consequential action comes with lobbying your
1: Yes. People. Representative. That would go in the jar of things that I can control. Yes. Love I can it. control like what I do with my free time. Yeah. Your political advocacy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then it makes it, takes it into like these action steps when you can think about, well, what can I control? Oh, and then you talk about it with people like this, because that you just like took me to church there. Oh, was good. Great.
0: So then you don't feel as
1: sad. Yes. Okay. I like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And it kind of gave me, you know, cause like, I think sometimes when people get in that place of feeling that hopeless, like, oh, what do I do? Well, we know this from bu- what we've read in books that, what, uh, what happened to you book that your brain can't even come up with good solutions when it's in that fear or terror place. Right. Yeah. Your, your IQ is lower. Mm-hmm. So we have to like be able to well, like write it down take a step back talk about it process it and then oh this is what i should do and
0: people make the same argument about facebook you know and including me you know brain candy is on facebook i don't like facebook i wish it Uh didn't exist um so and lots of small businesses are on there and that's where they do a lot of their business that is fair but we should still work to regulate Monopolistic yeah. enterprises. Come on absolutely. now,
1: absolutely.
0: Didn't anybody see Wally? <laughs> have you learned nothing from have you another nothing? huge company called Disney? <laughs>
1: <Surely>. <laughs> um
0: well, one thing that will help you definitely is taking care of yourself with Ritual yes. vitamins. Dun, yes, da-da-da. that
1: now there is something within your control. Yeah, that's true, big time. And let me—I have been. I'm just going to toot my own horn. I am so proud of myself. I have been taking my ritual vitamins ritualistically (laughs) and like better than I ever have ever before because I really like, you know, I was talking about a couple episodes ago and like all in this, like take care of my body thing. It's the best.
0: It is the best. Excuse me. I was sipping. It is the best. And it does feel really good to be on a schedule and have a routine. And now they have the essential protein, so it's that plant-based protein Taking powder. Taking that
1: too. Right? That's right, we're getting healthy over here. Get healthy. I love it. Each yes. uh, The
0: formula has 20 grams of pea protein in it, and yes. they have uh, a yummy taste, and you will love it, but I am number one fan of their vitamins because of how they feel in my body and they don't make my stomach upset. So check out all their stuff. You can get ready to shake up your protein ritual my listeners get 10% off during the first three months at Ritual.com slash Brain Candy. Ritual even offers a money-back guarantee. If you're not 100% in love, visit Ritual.com slash Brain Candy today for 10% off your first three months.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: Yes. yes. Oh, Anything else yeah. we're mad about?
1: Um, No, actually, the rest of the things I'm we're, I'm, we're very happy about.
0: Oh, that's good. You know
1: why? Because the rest of my stories involve animals mm. being awesome being awesome. Let's hear it. Yes. So what are some of our favorite, yours especially, favorite animals that are super smart? Me? I love chimps. Well, also you love something else that you (laughs) want to be friends with. Oh my God. What's the answer? What animal do you wish? Oh, crows. I love crows. Yes. I was like, Susie Meister. What animal do you want to be friends with? I think because (laughs) the word animal was throwing me. You know how like Right, we go through this all the time. I know, it's so stupid. But yes, crows, I love
0: crows. They're so smart.
1: So once again, shout out to crows for being awesome. Uh, They are being put to use in a pilot project in a town that's right outside of Stockholm. I'm going to say the town right outside of Stockholm because I have no freaking clue. (laughs) Right? right. It's S- Oh, two little dots over right. it, D-E-R-J, m- multiple J's.
0: It was really I nice of them like- to make Stockholm sort of the one
1: we always refer to. Yes. That's thank you for that <laughs> super easy on us. Right. So these, this project is training crows, or these, these scientists are training crows to pick up cigarette butts. Oh, great and idea. they are doing it so well. <laughs> like so Stockholm has a major major problem with Big smokers yeah and it's weird because I've been there and I didn't notice a lot of smoking right well it sounds like they also have a littering problem if they're just yeah. hanging out on the road so then I, that made me think that too I was like I wonder what the what the over like the Venn diagram of smokers and yeah. litterers are <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what the the Venn diagram of smokers and good tippers is a circle. Smokers are good tippers. They're great tippers. Talk to me about that. Well, like when you're a waitress, this, you know, I love like, this. Back this in is... the day, we used to have smoking sections. You know. Oh. And you'd always want to be sat in uh, waiting on tables in the smoking section because they're much better tippers. The worst tippers are after Sunday church. <laughs> Those it's families that come in, yes. make a mess, yes. their kids eat all those Ritz crackers they get everywhere, and then
1: um, they are terrible oh. tippers. Well, we can make some assumptions from that. <laughs> yes, we can. People who feel like they are, they have just like come from doing something like so fantastic and wonderful and look at what a good person I am. I went to church. Yeah, they're like done. they don't, they're done mm-hmm. with the good deeds. People who feel like they are... I don't know, like, not like, not presenting a problem, but, like, you have to accommodate them? <laughs> or, or, I,
0: my theory was always, because they tend to be people like my dad, you know, like blue-collar, uh, people yeah. who know what it's like to have to be a server.
1: Yeah. And so, but that's just my theory. I love that. So what Isn't that crazy to think how that... You're probably like the last generation of servers <laughs> right, so true. who know, because I, I was for like a hot minute, and I really mean a minute, was a server at a restaurant. There was no smoking section when I was, when I was well, at I a, think a, an, at an age to be able to do that.
0: I bet you New York and California were the first ones. I bet yeah. to outlaw. That. When did
1: that go away?
0: Well, it was different in each state, but it was much later in Pennsylvania. Oh my gosh. It's crazy to think that, man. In like on planes, times, people used to yeah. smoke on planes. Oh, Can you imagine?
1: No, I can't imagine at it all. It must have felt like a real party. Or... I, do we associate smoking with parties? <laughs> I do now. I just think everybody was high strung. <laughs> right? They were just and, tense. And smell They needed those jars. Yeah, they need those are so up? Bad. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. So I don't know why. I, I people in Stockholm. I did not see a lot of smoking there. There, That's but apparently so they're they're whew, like puffing chimneys. Yeah, like they're smoking like a broke stove over there. <laughs> a shocking one billion cigarette butts are Holy found on Sweden streets each year. And they account for sixty two percent of all the litter according to Good the Lord. Keep Sweet and Tidy Foundation. Oh my gosh. Which <laughs> is a real thing. That's so, a real funny foundation. I know, isn't that cute? Mm-hmm. I clicked on the link and I tried but it's all in Swedish and or, and <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't and it did I wasn't going to bother transla- doing the translate no. thing, anyways. But so this is like a big problem and they spent twenty two point one million dollars on street cleaning each year. And so now they've developed this program and the the birds are picking up like 75% of the litter that's I love out there. that.
0: I do I, think that it wouldn't be a bad idea to take some of that money and put it towards like education about the
1: dangers of smoking. Oh, you I know, love maybe. that. Yeah. That, so that's, I kind of, that's a kind of, I, after I read this, I felt like two things. One, um, yeah. Like what are we, what are they doing with that extra dough? And two... <laughs> How come the birds aren't getting paid? <laughs> right.
0: Maybe, do you think they give Bird them treats? Bird rights now.
1: <laughs> birds aren't real, Sarah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you think they give them treats? That has to be That's how they train that, them, right? Uh,
1: yeah, so they've mm-hmm. got to train them, but they've got to be rewarding them with food, of course. But, I don't know. My I feel God, like, like they've got to treat these birds really, this is like
0: You want them to unionize? Animal.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like.
0: Maybe, they, or do they love it? I thought they were similar to Labradors. They loved a job.
1: Okay. Maybe they love a but job. But what do I
0: know about crows? you know, Every time life. I think about
1: crows now, all I see is that creepy mask. Do you remember that when we talked about many episodes ago, we talked about the study of crows where, oh my God. if yeah. they associated a space <laughs> yes. with somebody who was scary or caused danger, like they wouldn't return there. Yeah, and the mask that they used, they named Linda. <laughs> right, that was one of my favorite. And I can't get that creepy image. That like, was out terrifying. Of my face. Now there's there's a face that I see as a woman, that creepy one. But <laughs> that's
0: terrible. Yeah. Uh, oh well, cause maybe because so. her name was Linda, though.
1: I know, right? Hey, so yeah, those crows, we love them all the time. They're doing good, and I think this is a program that that is going to go to to more cities. You know, like sometimes these programs with animals, especially with like the birds, they we start them and then they. Oh my God! I was going to say they don't get off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> they That's
0: don't gross. get off. <laughs> right? They never take flight. That could oh, be God. like their you know marketing. For their, oh. You know the work that they do. Yeah, I love they it. get your program so,
1: off the ground with crows. With crows, I think, and and that would just be like adorable to have just like a little little army of yeah. Well, they I need mean, uniforms. what what do I love? I love. I, I hate. Well, I hate littering more than anything. So I love. Picking up trash, like uh, not you know, I love people who are recycling, and then I love like animals. It's like doing human work that's like that's adorable. Animals doing human things is like who doesn't think that's cute? And I can just picture is like these little with like little sashes or something on, or like the little you know like the the the, like the old timey like bags that they would have with like a little (laughs) stick with like like. Picking up trash <laughs> on the side of the <laughs> <laughs> the Right, a litter getter. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> yeah,
1: adorable. Yeah.
0: I but, bought one of know. those, by the way, from, unfortunately, Amazon. They, you know, the things that they're like walking sticks, but they have a point and you can pick up trash. I well, bought I, I bought one of those.
1: I want one of those.
0: Yeah. I, damn it. Why didn't I think to get you one? You are the, the prime. That's what's going on my birthday wish list. <laughs> For real. I'm not kidding. It is so fun to use and
1: you know helpful because well, the biggest problem is i don't I, like I, I i saw a tweet once that was like everybody knows that one girl who has little pieces of trash in her bag or in her <laughs> pockets in her purse because like she picks it up when she's on walks or something like that yeah. and yeah. i was like oh i have like 10 in my bag right now mm-hmm. and then i wouldn't have that i could just have them on the end of a stick and then yeah right on. Ooh, mm-hmm. and i don't have to touch it well and all that
0: bending down <laughs> I'm getting old over here, you know. Oh my gosh!
1: Don't I know it? I mean, I don't know it for you, but I know <laughs> it for me. After the the you know being out and snowboarding and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, how is that going climbing. in terms Ooh, of buddy?
0: How is your body holding up?
1: It any trouble? Um, it takes a, it it it's. I don't bounce back quite. like I'm not like mm. ready to go in the morning like like it, it's like a, two days on and one day off yeah. kind of thing okay. like even if I want to like yesterday I just had a crappy day and my I just my ankles were sore and I couldn't I was just like oh god this is name of the game is just get down the mountain right now
0: oh my god and
1: I could just feel that like I wasn't in the flow mm-hmm. but I think it was because I had just had a conversation with somebody that kind of put me in like an off mood mm. so I think I was like in my head
0: yes yeah well mind yeah. and body connection I get that it sure is yeah. I was thinking so though about how like the age you are now mm-hmm. is the age I was when we started this show oh wow and that disturbs me why um just because I'm so much older than you <laughs> You're not like so We've much. done I don't 600 see episodes or whatever in the, in the interim. That's a lot of years we've between have done so us. many
1: episodes. Every time, like, you know, because, I, I, like, when you go on dates and people are like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I host a podcast. And then they're like, and I have to be like, oh, like a real one, like we've done. And then I always tell them, like, how many episodes. And they're like, whoa.
0: <laughs> Somebody <laughs> yes. just sent us a really sweet message. It made my day. But the beginning of it was, when you began, did you... Think that you would do six hundred episodes, wow. and I never thought about it. Like I never thought, wonder how long this will last. Wow! Um, but it is remarkable. Six. Very few shows get get this far.
1: No, I know. I feel very proud of us. Ah, uh, me too. And like, I, guys, I love my co-host.
0: <laughs> right. I don't want like. them getting the wrong idea right now. Like we're not winding down the show. No. And I mean, like, fucking
1: ever. Yeah, right. I mean, this is, we're running this till the wheels fall off. There's still so many (laughs) things to talk about. (laughs) Right. Once we finish all of our topics, we'll stop. Yeah. Like, I got got one more more for you. One more for you before we wind it down. Oh, my God. But not permanently.
0: Let's clarify. What?
1: What?
0: What? What? I missed that last one. I'm saying not permanently wind it down. Like, we're going to keep making brain candy Uh, forever
1: Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Um, I've, okay, you get to choose between, I have one more animal story for you. You get to choose between a story about, uh, you want to know about beavers or you want to know about bees and butterflies. Ooh, that is tough. I'll go bees. I'll go bees, butterflies. Bees and butterflies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, unfortunately this one was kind of the sadder of the two stories. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, I know. Ugh. Maybe I'll give you some beaver facts just at the end, just to round us out. Um, But apparently, bees and butterflies are having a hard time (laughs) because of the pollution in the air. Mm. And they're not being able to smell and find flowers as well. Really? Because of pollution. I did not know. And now I don't know how I thought they did it. Yeah. Found, but I didn't know they could smell. Well, and I didn't
0: know that pollution smelled that much
2: oh
1: my gosh okay that's why now i remember why this story was interesting to me because you know we were talking about the no the the smell and how yeah that's like the nasal ranger yes Mm -hmm. and how it's kind of a form of yeah there's like smell pollution Mm -hmm. too and how just like the because what is pollution pollution is Right. They're like in our ozone, it's like stuff in our ozone, you know, it's like actual molecules that you, you know, you can see yeah, it, right. like Yeah, right, it smog. makes sense, I just... And so yeah. those kind of things like, like get in the way of bees and butterflies being able to smell where they're going. And so you combine all of that and like we have all of the, those bee... What do they call it? Hive. What, what is that thing? Hive collapse? Something. Colony collapse. Oh, that's sad. You know, that pollution is really related to that. And it's like a big thing. We've got to.
0: I knew no. the bees because people m- make it very clear how consequential it is for bees to mm. die. But what is the consequence with regard to butterflies? Oh, uh, the butterfly effect, so to speak.
1: Uh, it, was, it had to do with the being able to locate the flowers to be and, able to pollinate them.
0: Oh, so it's the same, so you know really. The, they, they,
1: yeah, they yeah. pollinate the flowers too. So it was because it's, it's all like the, you know, in the, the system. You God know, damn all it. Yeah, the right. Bees can't, if the bees and butterflies can't smell where they're going... Yeah, that, we're screwed. That's all. We're screwed. And that's why they're landing on freaking umbrellas in the middle of Times Square. We got to send like the beekeeper to go out and get them. <laughs> Wait, that's so specific. Or, Cause that was a real story.
0: Oh, the cl- the whole group of them. What's it called? Swarm. Yeah. Uh huh. Remember
1: that there was the there's the police officer that's the the beekeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Now I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. you were just like getting real specific with your example, your hypothetical examples.
1: No, I, I'm 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 going I'm citing citing yeah. actual cases <laughs> <Facts>. here. Yeah. <laughs> Remember there was another one where the swarm showed up in the girl's car. She went into the grocery yes. store, and it was a borrowed car. It was like her friend's car. Mm-hmm. She's like, um, bad Trouble news. Trouble brewing. <laughs> bad news. <laughs> There's an entire hive in the car. Sarah, um, I have
0: good news. What, what, what? The good news is we have a really cool guest on
1: today. Oh, I love a really cool guest. I love all guests. This especially a cool one.
0: requires sort of a, a story because the guest <laughs> yes. is the wonderful magnificent and talented um, Steve Agee. If you're not mm-hmm. familiar with Steve Agee, he is one of the stars of the Peacemaker series that's on HBO right now. The cool. John Senna uh, superhero-y thingy. And, but he <laughs> weirdly worked on My Road Rules. What? What? As like a PA. He was logging the tapes stop. Yes. And it's just so bizarre. And I had no idea. And one day he just wrote, um, to me on Instagram, like under one of my pictures. And he was like, Hey, did you know that I used to work on your road rolls?" I was blown away because. Oh my gosh. I,
1: this is, he worked on road rules? Right. How random is that? I'm very excited because now I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like fangirling over our guest right now yeah he's he's so wonderful funny.
0: he's so funny he was on the sarah silverman program yes. he is just an amazing comedic actor and an amazing human and i just wanted him to come on because i really wanted to talk to him more so this is really just about me you guys um <laughs> but everyone loves him so it's just really an honor to have him on the show and we just like yes. chin wagged about um like the good old days at Buna Murray and um, like how his career went from that to now. He's like my, he's on the banner on when I log into HBO Max. I'm like, oh, that is so cool. Yeah, he's so cool. So I'm really glad that he came on and I actually recorded this a long time ago. So I've apologized for the delay, but welcome to the show, Steve Agee. I can't believe it. After all these years, Steve we've arrived
2: 20 plus years
0: yeah but like have we ever met in real life
2: no (laughs) this is is the closest we've ever come
0: what's with that
2: why are you avoiding me have you i don't think you've ever have you ever lived in los angeles
0: yeah i was i just (laughs) got back here i was there for six years but you're Um, never there
2: I'm I'm gone a lot. I've been living out of a suitcase for two years right now.
0: Are you still homeless?
2: <laughs> no, I just got a house, but I literally got the house in LA and was like, oh my God, I can just relax now. And then I booked another job. And so I'm back up in Toronto.
0: Do you kind of love chaos?
2: I really don't. Oh. <laughs> I, I hate chaos. In fact, like, I read a thing at the beginning of the pandemic about why some people watch the same movies or TV shows over and over. Yeah. And it's, it's said that people who are high strung or anxious tend to rewatch the same things because they know what they're getting. They know there's no surprises. <laughs> oh my
0: God, Yeah, It's
2: like comforting. And I'm one of those people. I'll watch the same stuff over and over.
0: What are your go-to's? Um,
2: Usually, like John Hughes movies, or oh,
0: that's
2: nice, or eighties comedies.
0: Yes, mine are yeah. all eighties sitcoms, and but it makes me sad now because i I <laughs> long for the I long for the olden days. I've become one of those people.
2: Yeah, it's it's unavoidable.
0: Because don't you think like even in those movies that you mentioned, like it the premise wouldn't work now because of phones?
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So many scripts that people write now or movies that you see are set, you know, before the mid 90s because cell phones solve a lot of problems. Like if you're being chased, even now, <laughs> if there's an instance in a movie where someone's being chased, the go to is I have no cell reception right. <laughs> or my battery is dead. Right.
0: The thing that saves us can't save us. Exactly. Yeah. So I just longingly watch them now and think I need a time machine. Like, here's the thing about you. You're such a weird character. I don't even have (laughs) questions for you because I'm just like, he's so strange. (laughs) I might as well not bother. Like, who are you? Let's start at the beginning, shall we? Sure. Well, I just want to know how you even got into the entertainment industry. Were you one of these people that was like dreaming of Hollywood bright lights?
2: Yeah. It's, it's honestly a miracle. You know, I grew up just an hour outside of Los Angeles, but I had never been to Los Angeles until I was almost 20. In my teens, I never, I had a car. I never drove to LA. It seemed so far away yet (laughs) when I was like 10, 11 years old, I knew I wanted to be a comedian. I knew I wanted to be an actor.
0: Is that but, when you you felt like I'm super funny and this is my ticket?
2: No, I just liked comedies. Yeah. I didn't think I was funny. I was just a weirdo. Um, and I didn't know how someone became an actor or became a comedian because nobody in my family was in, in the, the arts. The Everyone was like in medicine or business and... I'm adopted, by the way. Are um, you? Yeah. Oh! So it kind of made sense. I mean, that like, you know, because I, I found my biological father years later when I was in my 30s and found out that he, w- he and my biological mother were both theater students. Stop. Yeah. It really made a lot of sense once I, once I found all this out. I was like, oh, my God, this is purely nature over nurture. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. Does that feel strange to you though?
2: No, it made total sense. I was like, Oh my God. So I'm not a crazy person. It was literally in my blood.
0: Did you have a positive Um, experience when you found your birth family?
2: I only found my biological father and I found him kind of by accident. And it was an incredibly positive experience. I was, I knew both my biological parents' names. And I had a girlfriend whose cousin worked in like adoption and she was able to like find out where they went to school. And that's how I found out they were theater students. And um, one night I was 30 years old, 30, and I was just bored and I was sitting home alone one night like I always do. And I decided to just look at the school that they went to and see, you know, check out the drama department. And then just on a whim, I emailed the head of the drama department. I said, you don't know me, but my biological parents went to school there in the late 60s. I was wondering if anybody who's there now was teaching there back then. This is a Friday night. And Monday, I got an email from the guy going, 1968 was my first year working here. I knew both your parents. No, I don't know what happened to your biological mother, but I still keep in touch with your biological father. And I forwarded him your email, which is kind of a dick move. Like you (laughs) should have asked my my permission, but had he done that, I would have been like, no, don't send him my email.
0: Yeah. Maybe it worked out Um, how it was meant to.
2: Yeah. And that's how I met my biological father.
0: Were you one of those people though that knew that you were adopted all along, or was there some big reveal?
2: <laughs> That's a big reveal. <laughs> it was. I think I was like eleven or twelve. It was probably eleven, no. and I was. We had in the in the living room. There was a giant bookshelf, and on the bottom shelf were a bunch of photo albums. And there was a baby book there for me. There was one for my sister. I think there was one for my brother. And I was looking through my baby book, photos of me as a little kid. And in the very back of it were a bunch of cards to my parents from when I was born. Congratulations on your baby baby boy. And I was just looking at them. And just by chance, I picked up one card that said, congratulations on your adopted baby boy. Stop it. Stop. that's how I found out I was adopted
0: what did you feel
2: I was I it was so surreal I was like this is a mistake somebody probably shut up went to the card store and they were all out of
0: cards and so
2: one of my my dad's funny friends probably thought this was a joke because that's the type of stuff I would do
0: yes (laughs) you know
2: I always give out like quinceanera cards to my 50 year old friends on their birthday <laughs> and so i went in the kitchen and i <laughs> the card. in my hand and i went up to my mom i'm like uh what is this
0: oh my god
2: you immediately started crying she's like oh my god she's like <laughs> she's like it was one of those things where she's like nobody tells you what age you're supposed oh, to tell a the child they're adopted and We've been trying to figure out when to tell you or when you'd be old enough to understand, and Ugh. that's when I found out.
0: Did you Did you feel traumatized?
2: I really didn't. I felt <laughs> Traum- lucky.
0: <laughs> that's true. That is. It's a beautiful thing. But an eleven-year-old to to think of it that way, I would think,
2: it's is pretty not heavy. Typical.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty big surprise.
2: But I I felt like I won. You know. the the lottery you know my dad was a doctor my mom was a nurse it was they were great
0: yeah that's just a lot to process (laughs) did you was it one of those things though where then you like unpacked your childhood and you were like now it all makes sense
2: well I was 11 so I wasn't unpacking anything (laughs) mentally I was just like okay can I go out and ride my bike
0: (laughs) okay
2: but well, so, throughout the years, I was like, oh, man, this totally makes sense. Me wanting to be an actor. Yeah, comedian—that
0: That yeah. is so cool. And so you had these pie in the sky aspirations of performance and entertainment. Yeah. And then when did you take the plunge?
2: Well, like, I remember around the same year when I was 11, the first album I bought with my own money was George, a George Carlin album. I was eleven i didn 't understand most of his jokes, yeah, I just knew he was funny, but i I think I was in college, and my mom uh cut out a clipping in the back of the local newspaper about auditions for a Christmas carol at the local like community theater, like she knew I wanted to do that stuff, and
0: yeah,
2: so I auditioned, and I got the part of Jacob Marley, and I was. I think I was like 18 or 19 so great! that was the start of it. Yeah.
0: And when you came <coughs> off the stage the first time, were you just like that thing where people say they got bit by the bug or what?
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, even before that, like in rehearsals, you I was like, Oh my it. God, all these people are awesome. Yeah.
0: And is it the, um, is it like attention seeking that was fulfilling to you or what
2: totally. <laughs> okay well attention and also a creative itch that you know you don't really get in school
0: yeah. <laughs> or life <laughs> ever. in
2: history class or whatever
0: and so then well we've talked about how you <laughs> tragically ended up uh working with i guess being a murray was it yeah yeah so, but you were behind years. the camera. Why the heck weren't you well, on with I, me? That would have been way more fun.
2: I I mean, I got to LA as a musician. I, I I'll tell you what, Susie, I have like tried every I've dipped <laughs> my toe in every pool of the arts that there is before I found like actual comedy and acting. Like, I knew I wanted to do that, but I went to college. My parents wanted me to go to college. I didn't want to go to college, but all my friends were also in college. And I thought I would be a marine biologist because I, I grew up scuba diving and in the ocean. And
0: Damn, you're a real like, renaissance man. <laughs> my goodness.
2: I'll be a marine biologist. I think that would be fun. And then my first semester in college, like I failed every biology course. I just couldn't wrap my hands. It's also weird that as a freshman, as a teenager, they start you off on the molecular level <laughs> of biology, and it's like you go in there, you're like, I just want to pet fish. Like, <laughs> what is mitosis? I don't understand any of the.
0: <laughs>
2: and I so I failed my first semester, and I I finished undecided, and um, and then my best friend Sam was like dude just be an art major my friend sam was a photography major and he's like i've seen you doodle and draw stuff he's like be an art major it's super easy and so i got a degree in painting and huh. i've not touched a paintbrush since i graduated but you
0: didn't love it
2: i didn't love it it's super messy and i don't like <laughs> i don't like that it. stop i don't like cleaning paintbrushes or like get i don't like going to the beach because i hate sand on me like <laughs> So, painting wasn't going to work.
0: <laughs> wow, because it's not tidy enough.
2: <clears throat> but while I was in college, my roommate was in a band and I also played bass guitar. And one day their bass player broke his arm <clears throat> and he was like, Do you want to come to our rehearsal and just jam with us? And I went and we played around and like just joking around and fooling around. We wrote like five funny like punk songs you know I was like we should be playing places like this is amazing we just wrote five songs <laughs> and so I went home that day and just started calling rock clubs trying to Give get fun. us shows yeah. and the first show we ever did as a band was at the Whiskey a Go-Go I don't know how I conned this guy into like letting us perform but we did the Whiskey and we started playing a lot of shows in LA and san diego and riverside and um i was like oh okay i'm gonna be a musician i'm not gonna be a painter and and after i graduated i didn't want to have to find a job so i enrolled in a music school in los angeles uh and so that's what got me to la was this band and music the band immediately broke up like the singer went to join the seminary and become a pastor (laughs) he's still a pastor
0: stop uh, what kind of pastor of, just curious
2: seventh day Adventist oh
0: okay
2: he's a, a youth pastor for a while now he's like a legit like pastor pastor wow <laughs> okay we still talk I just talked to him last night he's Tim Gillespie is the best and uh <laughs> nice. and the guitar player became a nurse and I think the drummer is now a lawyer or an archaeologist
0: <laughs> What are the he others? was studying
2: archaeology when we were in college but I think he's now a lawyer
0: Okay. So then you're left without.
2: I'm left in LA. I finished the music school and my girlfriend who I had been with for six years immediately broke up with me because she was a photography major too. And I think she was just like, we're going to have a miserable life together as two starving artists. It totally makes sense. I was like, yeah, you're right.
0: No. And
2: so I had to stay in LA. So I just started playing in different bands and I I started taking classes at the Groundlings and I had a teacher, Melanie Graham, who was a story editor on real world. And I had been working at Starbucks and she's like, look, I can get you a job at Viena Murray. If you want, you can at least be working in TV. You can work in TV. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And so I got a job logging videotapes. Like, and I did that for Road rules down under was my first TV job. I literally sat I had a night shift so I could take classes during the day. I sat all night watching you Us. idiots like yeah. drive around do uh, nothing Australia
0: right because the person that logs the tape has to watch all boring
2: the boring everything footage. yeah,
0: and then what do you do? You write like on this tape so and so said whatever
2: yeah the, the tape 's hooked to a machine that 's hooked to a computer and it's reading the time code and you say, you know, at this point in the tape, Susie's flirting with a F- Aussie rules football player. Or, <laughs> they, you know, Keith won't share his emotions. <laughs> oh,
0: God, stop.
2: He doesn't want to drive, you know, on the left side of the road.
0: And when, you, when you're doing that, does it, because I presume you had seen like real world on television, right? At that
2: point. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean I grew up on MTV and I remember Real World New York and the all the real worlds after it. I remember <laughs> thinking, there's no way reality show la- reality TV lasts. Really? Even while I was working in it, I was like, this can't last. This is terrible. It's rehashed, you know, it's just different kids in a different location <laughs> arguing and i've now you know resigned to the fact that it's never going away because it's yeah. inexpensive tv to make and it generates a lot of viewership
0: when you watch it now though I don't. doesn't it feel <laughs> like in theory yeah yeah isn't it weird considering it's nothing like what you saw and what you were on working on right
2: kind of i mean i i was in it for a long time i worked really? Real, I wrote, uh, Road Rules Down Under was my first. And then I went to the other side of the building to do uh, real world Seattle, real world Hawaii. Um, And then I left Buda Murray to go do the Osbournes. And then I left the Osbournes to go do Temptation Island 1 and Temptation Island 2. And then I left that to go do Joe Millionaire 1 and 2. No once you start working in reality tv it's always easy to find a job in reality tv
0: yeah but thank god you <laughs> moved on <laughs> with your life yeah some of these people really stick around oh yeah because there's so many shows and there is no shortage of jobs
2: no the, but it's soul sh- crushing it is so crush- i mean that's i i had to stop because i when i was working joe millionaire i started having like uh just morality issues
0: yeah
2: i'm like we're completely manipulating these tapes and these edits to make some of these girls look easy yeah to make some of these people look dumb when they're not in fact not dumb and i just remember watching a lot of footage from joe millionaire of this guy who's like just like a construction worker who they're making all these girls think is a millionaire. And like multiple times uh, him just like walking offset into a hallway and the producers going, what's wrong? He's like, I I can't do this. Mm -hmm. These girls, I'm lying to these girls. He he was a great guy. And he's like, he
0: had like ethical concerns. He had
2: ethical issues and (laughs) and then just listening to, Tapes are all rolling, and then listening to these producers just go, no, no, it's okay, they know what the, it's just like, dude.
1: That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes.
2: Talk about starting the morning right.
1: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. so don't settle. Find Love at First Drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or
0: the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Do you feel like the general sentiment is the ends justify the means? Like it's making an entertainment and it's so it's
2: fine. I don't think it justifies it.
0: (laughs) I don't. But do you think that's what?
2: You know, I saw a lot of casting tapes, too, and, like, I honestly think Road Rules was, of all of them, the, the, the best one because it was, like, they're casting you guys to go do, yeah, you know, yeah. tasks and stuff and games. And Real Worlds, they're just, like, casting fucked up people to put in a cage together and, like, fight. They're looking for people who are going to be problematic,
0: They're was... looking
2: for an innocent type. They're looking for a Susie Meister. Yeah. They're looking for a guy who is so fucked up that he'll slap a girl, you know?
0: Yeah. Did you it's... log that tape?
2: On uh, Seattle? Yeah. I did. I heard
0: around the world. What did you yeah. think when you saw it? Just another day at the office.
2: No, as soon as that tape came out, I was like, oh my God, this is. Yeah, this is the whole episode. It's going to revolve around this slap. <laughs> but we also knew it was coming. Like, they're like, okay, tonight we're getting a shipment of tapes and it's got the slap. And <laughs> oh, Steve, you've been working here for three years. So you log this tape. And I was just like, I don't want to log this tape. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch Irene get slapped.
0: <laughs> I always talk about how, you know, they talk still about Pedro on Real World and how... Yeah, sure you know, it was such a great moment because it educated people and whatever. And they keep hanging their hat on this thing that's like 25 years old and that they've never reproduced in terms of consequential <laughs> no. progress. No. So uh, maybe they could try doing that again.
2: It would be great if they did. But <laughs> like, they, they're they really hanging their hat on right. conflict and...
0: Yes. And, and Susie wouldn't be cast anymore. Let's Let's admit that. I mean...
2: Uh, I think she would
0: you think they're casting i virgins? think they're
2: they cast a lot of uh people who they know are going to be problematic but they always want to put in a moral center in, in the house <laughs> You know bless. what I mean?
0: yes well okay so you you've you escaped reality television yeah and then what were you feeling at that point like what where was your heart moving in terms
2: of well the- I, I i that around that same time i was i started like having like really bad panic attacks like like day uh, like i would had panic attacks since like high school but like maybe once every two years what
0: caused I was, them like what were you i don't know what
2: caused them i i don't know what would trigger them i know that later it was they were triggering themselves like i would have multiple a day just thinking about having
0: right you have like self-perpetuating
2: yeah it's terrifying and then that's all you think about is and when's the next one and i became agoraphobic i didn't leave my house for like three months because i was just having panic attacks and
0: i'm so sorry
2: kind of very embarrassing and i I remember one night going to 7-eleven Because I would just get my food at night. Like I would go to a store or a 7 Eleven or a drive-through where I didn't have to be around people. And I remember parking in the parking lot and looking in the store and I could see one person still in there shopping and I had to wait for them to leave before I could go in. Yeah. And so I just broke down and started like sobbing. And I, I called uh Sarah Silverman, who's one of my best friends, and she was like, dude. you got to see somebody you got to start talking to somebody she's like go to my shrink and i went mm-hmm. to our shrink and they i got put on lexapro which is an anti-anxiety uh antidepressant and within 2 weeks it was just like gone no. like i was back on stage performing and yeah it changed my life
0: wow yeah. and you felt ready in 2 weeks to get back on the, the horse yeah yeah Wow. And
2: I mean, who knows if it was a placebo effect, like I'm doing something positive. Whatever. Like, but I'm still taking Lexapro because I'm like. If,
0: it does the trick.
2: Yeah, it does the trick.
0: And then what kind of act did you have at that time in terms of stand-up? What were you joking about?
2: Um, it's, it's mostly, most of my stand-up is like storytelling stuff.
0: And those are stories from your life that you share. Kind of, yeah. (sighs) And did it feel the same to you as theater? And did you feel fulfilled in in the same way?
2: Uh, It was better than theater to me. Like, I I was afraid. I I was really afraid to do plays because I have a huge fear of forgetting my lines on stage. Like, to the point where it consumes me. Like the last time I did a play was probably in like 2000. And I was just like, anytime I wasn't actually on stage, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, am I going to forget my lines? (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't
0: you feel that way about comedy? Like forget your act or whatever?
2: Because I can improvise my way through my set. Like I knew it that much. Like it wasn't someone else's writing. It was my experiences. And since it was storytelling, You know, I had a lot more freedom with the story. I didn't have to have it memorized. You know, I lived it, so I could tell those stories like no problem.
0: So then, when did you start working like as an actor? Actor?
2: Um, about two thousand six. After the, after I got onto Lexapro, Sarah got me a job. (laughs) uh, She was dating Jimmy Kimmel at the time, and so I started doing a job as a researcher on his show and eventually ended up as a writer. And shortly after I became a writer, Sarah had written her show for comedy central with a part for me and it ended up getting picked up. So we did that show for about four years. And that was like my first real acting job. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm a regular on a sitcom. This was easy. (laughs) This is never going to end. (laughs) <laughs> and then, you know, her, her show ended in 2010 and it was just like, oh my God, am I ever going to work again?
0: Yeah. Well, did you feel at the time when it was on and people are knowing who you are and it's real fancy? Did it feel... Fancy. <laughs> did you feel like you imagined it would?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I I realized how lucky I was because this was a show Sarah wrote with her friends in mind she wrote it like i was friends with a lot of the writers already they were stand-ups and you know she cast her sister she cast brian possein who you know we were all friends going into it so it was like i knew this was a special gig i knew they weren't all going to be like that great but um yeah it was it was it was a pretty good first gig
0: And I'll say, do you think that that feeling of like, oh shit, I'm never going to work again is just how you feel forever when you're in that business or
2: are you over that? I'm over it now. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm accepting the fact that I'm a character actor. So most of my jobs are going to be on other people's shows. Like You know, the homeless guy, the psychotic (laughs) drunk, the drug addict, like the stoner. I play a lot of those parts, but I work a lot because of it. And I, uh, you know, there was a time a couple of years ago where I was a recurring character on like five TV shows that were all running at the same time. So it was, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to be okay.
0: I'll say, I get so excited when I see you too. You were on Roseanne. Yeah. I was so excited. Yeah. That was really special.
2: That one was a dream come true. I loved the was original it? Roseanne show. And yeah. Then, I mean, she was gone by the time I was on the show, but I'm such a huge fan of John Goodman and getting yeah. to play one of his friends was like awesome.
0: Yeah, I wonder about that with you because you know everybody and you're beloved. And I always <sighs> think, does he get how fun and cool this is, or is it like no big whoop?
2: Anymore? Oh no, it it's it's always when we shot Suicide Squad, I was on set with Nathan Fillion one day, who's been doing this for way longer than me and way more successfully than me. We were sitting on set just looking at like the massive scope of it. And he was just like wide-eyed and he was like, Can you believe we get to do this? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, this is incredible. <laughs> it never walking onto a sound stage is never gets old. It's always exciting.
0: Well, maybe that's how you know you're doing what you ought to be doing.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, my friend Matt Neroni.
2: Yeah.
0: um, He enjoys you, and I asked him if he had any questions.
2: Yeah.
0: And he said,
2: I'd like to. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I don't enjoy him that much.
0: (laughs) Back off, Sue. I'd like to hear about his experience as part of the Channel 101 scene. He seems like he was really into it, and he's often associated with it. Yeah. Uh, how does he feel about it now what are his favorite memories are there any shows that he thought were particularly good
2: wow that's amazing channel 101 was a basically a monthly short film festival that was re- created by my friends dan Harmon and rob schraub dan Harmon created the tv show community and he's co-creator of rick and morty And uh, Rob was his writing partner in the 90s, and they created a show called Heat Vision and Jack, which was a, at the time, the most expensive pilot that Fox ever made. It was directed by Ben Stiller, Hmm. starring Jack Black and Owen Wilson. Really funny. They only did a pilot, and then Fox decided to pick up Malcolm in the Middle instead.
0: (laughs) But you can find
2: the pilot online. It's really funny. and then Rob and Dan both went on to co-create the Sarah Silverman program, which I was on. Uh, and Rob was an executive producer, writer, and director of that. And Rob's one of my best friends. Um, but those two guys started Channel One Hundred and One, which was once a month. Anybody who wanted to could submit a CD or DVD tape of, or like a you know mini DVD tape. Of a five minute or less pilot, and you have to write it as if you're writing a television show, like if it got picked up, you would have more episodes to do yeah, and so people would send those in to Rob and Dan, and um, there would be a committee of people, usually who were already had pilots in the show, and they would vote on their five favorite ones, and so those five top pilots would go on to the next month's show. And the audience would watch and then vote. And if your pilot got enough votes, it would come back. Just kind of like a weird TV series. And it was just a bunch of friends. It started as a bunch of friends at a Thai restaurant. We were, we were doing these at, what was the Thai place called? Toy? Do you remember Toy? No. Thai restaurant? Mm-mm. It was on Vine. There, there's one on Sunset, too, but there was one on Vine. And they had a projection TV so we'd go and eat thai food and we would show these things and people would vote and it was always like 20 people and and then it just started growing till it was like we had to find bigger places and eventually movie theaters to have these things but it was like usually it was just friends trying to make five minute like short films to shock their other friends like i think dan created a show called laser dick (laughs) which was a guy who like he could shoot lasers out of his dick like it was dumb stuff like that and it was the best time of my life it was a bunch of like-minded people making stupid videos and in the process learning how to write learning how to edit learning how to shoot like all these people went on to like the lonely island guys were there at the very beginning they were making videos um before they went to Saturday Night Live, you know, it was Andy Samberg and, you know, Yorma and Akiva and, you know, Justin Royland who went on to do Rick and Morty with Dan and like all these people like cut their teeth at this film festival. And it was, it's still going. Like I haven't been in years, but it's still like going, but it really started before it had a name. We would just get together once a month at Rob's house and we would, Robert or Dan would pick a TV, a movie that none of us had seen. And so we would all like smoke pot and watch this movie. But before we'd watch the movie, everyone had to come in with a video of their interpretation of what we thought the movie was going to be. And so it was like just us laughing at each other, making dumb videos. And then it kind of grew into these you know, monthly like little festivals. It was amazing.
0: I love that you made a whole career out of just like having fun with your friends.
2: Yeah. that's the You're best so way lucky. to do it. Yeah.
0: Because I always say and I've worked Sarah. with
2: my friends on a lot of, yeah. Somehow I've gotten to work, you know, whether it's New Girl or Superstore or these movies with James Gunn, I'm working with a lot of friends like all the time. It's really cool.
0: It's a sweet gig.
2: It really is.
0: <laughs> we always talk on the show about how, you know, we were paid to be ourselves on reality TV and then somehow figured out a way to keep that going to get yeah. paid to be yourself. That is a lucky thing.
2: Yeah. You got, how long have you guys been doing your podcast?
0: Like six years.
2: You've done like f- over 500. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: We have a lot to say.
2: I know. It's great. Your podcast is great. You guys are. <laughs> Um. idiots together it's (laughs) awesome
0: um okay last thing yeah
2: what do you
0: think the future holds for you
2: (laughs) well I mean if we go far enough into the future I mean it definitely holds death Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) your prophet
2: (laughs) as Norm Macdonald said on one of his specials he's like my dad died and my grandpa died and his dad before him died. And he's like, I come from a long line of death. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, Norm has cool. just passed away, but
0: yes. uh,
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I know we have a TV show coming out, a spin-off of uh, suicide squad on HBO max in a couple of months uh, with John Cena and myself. And, I would love to do a lot more of those. Like it it was really fun. And
0: why did you love it?
2: Well, a, I had already worked with John on suicide squad and James on James is one of my best friends. And it's the whole thing of working with your friends. I would take that over anything. You know, I see why Adam Sandler always works with the same people. He always puts, you know, his friends in his movies whether they're good or not you know they're having fun making it and that's <laughs> right. like half the battle you know is having fun while you're working
0: yeah so you'll just you'll stick with the what's working hopefully wait well, <laughs> like, yeah, i did i actually forgot i have to ask you the thing we ask everybody what do you yeah. keep in the trunk of your car
2: i have a, a truck oh, i have a yeah. truck so there's really nothing in the truck
0: <laughs> like a pickup truck.
2: Yeah, Ford F-150, but it does have a camper shell on it, so... Okay. I think there's probably a giant jug of water in the back.
0: Wait, for hydrating or what, emergency?
2: Yeah, just in case of emergency. But also, that last job I had with John Cena, we were shooting in Vancouver, and this was at the height of the pandemic, so I drove, and so I slept. I didn't want to stay in a hotel, so I slept in the back of my truck, that's probably why there's i think there's also a sleeping bag in the back of my truck
0: oh my god nobody's ever said that before yeah jesus well you're extra tall right you're a tall man
2: six six six
0: yes is that part of what informs what kind of car or vehicle you buy yeah yeah I,
2: i will say i i used to own a mini cooper and it was still to this day of all the cars I've owned, it had the most leg room and headroom. Come of on. Yeah. I could sit fully reclined with my legs all the way out, no problem. I can't even do that in my truck. That's
0: insane. It's also insane yeah. that you would even attempt to test that. The name yeah. itself would make me think, why bother?
2: Well, it was given to me. Oh. I wouldn't have bought it, but it was given to me by, actually by Elliot Page. <laughs> You're so weird. On my birthday, Elliot had just bought a new car and so had this mini sitting in his driveway. And I remember I had a truck at the time and it had just broken down for like the 10 millionth time. And I was complaining about it and he just took his car it's like take my mini i don't want to have to worry about selling it
0: come on
2: happy birthday yeah
0: wow i'm glad this like it's like a birthday payback for all of those posts yeah. that you do against your will
2: yeah totally
0: wow what a story all right
2: yeah.
0: well i'm just honored i got to talk to you and i'm so Likewise. glad like we're getting so much closer to actually meeting <laughs> i know this is just. I don't. I don't
2: know when I'll be in Pittsburgh. I almost did a TV show in Pittsburgh that is still shooting there right now. What is it? Is the it secret? I forget what it's called. It's Garrett Dillahunt is the star of it, who I love. You would know him from a million things. I think Martha Plimpton is in it as well. Why um, didn't
0: you get it?
2: Garrett wanted me for the show. Greg Garcia, who's the producer, uh, who also created like um, Raising Hope, and, um, yeah. and I think my name is Earl, a great showrunner, producer. He didn't want me. For me. <laughs> Garrett did. Greg, uh, won out. I mean, I've auditioned Greg for Greg. doesn't like you? No, he does like me. I've auditioned for him a lot. He's a good guy, but it, he was just like, I don't see like the right fit. him as doing this, but I would be in, I'd be in, uh, Pittsburgh right now.
0: See, no, it's just toying with my emotions. <laughs> when I come <laughs> to LA though, I hope you're there so I can give you a big old hug. But I leave. hope
2: I'm there too. I'm so tired of being away from home.
0: Yeah, man. You gotta settle down for a hot second. Yeah. It's stressing it's the, me out.
2: That's the plan. As soon as I get I'm done with this show on Friday and I'll be back home on Saturday.
0: Thank God. Well, you're off the hook.
2: Oh, I God, adore thank, you. Thank God, <laughs> likewise.
0: The nightmare is over.